group and uh, really it's lovely to uh, lovely to see all your your faces we know that it's uh it's not a given anymore to see someone's face um it's not something we can take for granted so uh, it's a real privilege for me to be here um i'm really excited about today's sermon we're going to be talking about hope and and obviously hope is such a big deal at the moment because in so many ways it seems like there's often no hope at the moment but um before we go on let's pray uh lord god thank you that you're our hope thank you that you bring hope father and i just want to say thank you for uh, the family of believers father what a privilege it is to have to have have a family father to have not only just to have you know many of us have biological families god but father to have a spiritual family a family that uh lasts forever is something that is uh just priceless father and uh, we just want to say thank you pray for this sermon may it be your will and your words i love you in jesus name amen, amen. right so I'm going to share my screen briefly. It's going to be one of the shortest screen sharings ever for a moment. And um, because we're going to have some interaction between all of us. There we go. I think I'm probably one of the worst millennials in the world when it comes to using a computer. So I prefer pen and paper. Right. So the title of my sermon is, Do You Have a Friend Called Hope? Now, I actually have 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 met some people called Hope uh, in my life. Now I'm not going to be too uh, too anal and say you have to have a friend who's called Hope in order for this sermon to actually mean something to you, because not you know it's not the most common name in the world. But when I talk about a friend here, I'm talking about the uh, the idea of hope, not just a name, but an idea, the idea of hope, the idea that um, there's something better to come than we are in now, than the situation that we're in now has a light at the end of the tunnel, that idea of hope. Now, I'm going to go back to, um, uh, I'm going to go back to all of us as an audience at a moment, and I want us to think about this question. So just in a moment, um, if you can please pop in the chat box an answer to this question that you can see on the screen. Why is hope important to you? Now it could be I'm not you don't have to give an you know an Oxford worthy you know philosophical essay on this unless you want to of course I'll read it out if you if you, if you want to but um, why is hope important to you let me just I'm just going to stop sharing my screen and just if you can pop that into the chat box why hope is important to you just a couple of minutes and then we'll move on with with what we're going to talk about with hope but I think best it's, it, first it's good if we can share a bit about why hope is important to us. So anybody, just pop into the chat box why hope is important to you. Ah, Mohan Chima, off the mark. Hope gives peace. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. That's a good point. I think that's a lot of the reason why people want hope. It's because hope gives hope gives peace. Michelle says hope gives a purpose. Okay, yeah, true. Rudy says he needs it to keep him going. Yes, I need it. I need it to keep me going. Ian says gives purpose and motivation. One of... Gayatri, Alice, Bianca and Agnes says, hope gives energy to persevere through challenge. OK, I like that. Joy says, hope is, is the encouragement on tough days. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about encouragement today. Manny says it strengthens us. Yeah, that's very interesting. We're going to be definitely talking about that. Uh, Arda says, it makes life worth living and gives you something to wake up to. Oh, thank you. I like that. That's really good. Um, Johan says it keeps us going. Yes. Andy Hobbs helps us to persevere. Oh, yeah. Pip says to keep me going. Yes. So all about keeping you going. 
Uh, right, it gives you inspiration. Thank you. And hope gives me joy. Thank you, Alex. Okay, and the Monroes, a very hopeful family, say hope gives us endurance. Yes, so this idea that hope keeps us going even when life is difficult. Ian says it helps us to surrender. Wow, what a spiritual comment. Um, yeah, I think hope hope's important to me because it means even if something is bad, that there might still be something good that can come out of it. I think a lot of us at the moment are feeling like uh, there's a lot of bad going going on. Our, uh, our country is full of illness. It seems like the illness is all getting worse. And uh, it seems like our economy is getting very ill. And um, because of that, I think a lot of the time we can feel like we really need a bit more hope in our lives. And it gives us, oh, yes, gives us something to aim for. Yes. Thank you. That last comment. Right. Let's. That's enough. Thank you for all those all those uh, comments. Really appreciate that. Let's go back to sharing. Um, OK, so, so why is hope important to you? I think hope is important to all of us. Now, one of my favorite uh, <laughs> films about hope is called, and I'm sure many of us know this film, it's called The Lord of the Rings. And um, the reason, uh, so Lord, Lord of the Rings is, is an epic film. It's not, it's not actually one film, it's three films. It's so good it wasn't able to be done in one film. Um, but it's all about uh, e evil being overcome by good. And it's all, it's all um, about this hobbit who's a small person who's about three foot ten called Frodo Baggins. And Frodo Baggins is given this uh, almost hopeless task of destroying this evil ring. So it's a bit like a wedding ring, but it's it's not a wedding ring. It's a, this golden ring, which is full of evil. And it's uh, it belongs to this dark lord called Sauron. And uh, Frodo is given this task. Frodo's only small. As I've said, already said, he's three foot ten, very small person. And he, you know, he wouldn't be the most the most likely person who would be uh, given a task, which uh, he wouldn't be the most likely person to be given the hope of the whole world on his shoulders. But that is what he's given. He's given this task of destroying this one evil ring. And uh, he, he, he goes on this quest with some of his friends and they, they, they attempt to, to make a long journey to this big volcano where Frodo's going to attempt to throw this ring. He's going to attempt to throw this ring into the volcano and destroy the ring. And uh, Frodo's, Frodo's company of friends get split up. Um, they, they meet some other evil beings and the evil beings basically try and attack them and they get split up. And Frodo's left with his one friend called Sam. And Frodo's in a situation, Frodo and Sam are in a situation where they're in a, they're in a pretty hopeless spot. So they don't know where the, the rest of their friends are. They don't know if the rest of their friends are still even alive. And this scene from The Lord of the Rings, which I'm now going to play, is one of my favourite scenes to do with hope of all. Let me just make sure I've got to make sure this is because you have to do loads of stuff and you have to sh share your computer sound and then you also have to optimize the computer screen here we go optimize share for full screen video clip that's done okay right so everybody please pop something in the in the um chat box if you can't hear this okay right Do this, Sam. I know. It's all wrong. 
By rights, we shouldn't even be here. like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end... It's only a passing thing. The shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you. That meant something. Even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Furrow, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going. Because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? There's some good in this world, Mr. Furl. And it's worth fighting for. Right. So that's an amazing scene about Hope. Um, we see <clears throat> Hope say, Hope comes up there a lot. Um, Frodo drops his sword. He's been fighting an evil beast and uh, he's basically feels like feels like giving up. He says he says to his friend, Sam, I can't do this. And he was almost given up. It looks like he's given up. And <clears throat> Sam is wonderful because Sam comes into Frodo's pain and he says, I know. I can see it's all wrong. He says it's all wrong. Sam understands that it's all hopeless. But Sam goes on to talk about hope. He goes to talk on about these people in stories. We all have famous stories that we we look up to, maybe history, maybe um, maybe stories in uh, <coughs> fiction, uh, whatever it might be, stories in the Bible. And um, <clears throat> Sam says about these these stories, these kinds of stories that people kept going because they were holding on to something. What's Sam talking about there? Sam's talking about hope. That's what Sam is referring to. We all need a friend like Sam. We all need friends who bring hope into our lives and not discouragement. And this so much, Lord of the Rings is so much a film that encapsulates what's special about hope. Because we have situations where you have someone so small and so hopeless, like a hobbit, who can end up do some, doing something amazing. At the end of that film, uh, no spoilers. Well, anyway, spoilers are going to be all destroyed now. But, uh, you know, Frodo ends up destroying the ring. The uh, good overcomes evil. The hopeless, uh, the hopeless situation is overcome with hope. 
We're going to look at a Bible verse today, a passage that I think for me is one of the most hopeful Bible passages uh, that in, in, in Scripture. And it's going to be in, in uh, 1 Samuel verse 20, uh, chapter 23, and we're going to pick up in verse 15. Now, we're going to be looking at King David. Um, David's in a pretty hopeless spot here. If you don't know who King David is, David's someone who actually has a story which is quite similar to Frodo Baggins. Frodo Baggins was very small in stature. King David was one of the he was very small in society because he didn't start off as a king. He started off as a more of a shepherd boy. And uh, the reason he was a shepherd boy, um, one of the reasons he would have been a shepherd boy would, would, was because he was one of the youngest people in his family. He was the youngest of all his brothers. So he wasn't the first person who'd be most likely to become king. And uh, he starts off as this shepherd boy. And Samuel, who's a, a, a famous prophet and, and judge, a sort of leader of the Israelites at the time, comes to David and gives him uh, the news that he is going to be the king of this nation, Israel. And uh, the current king of Israel called Saul hears about kind of all this sort of thing, and he really doesn't like what he hears. And he goes after David to try and kill him. Now, David has this tiny little army of about, you know, 600 men or, you know, even even less. And, you know, he's being chased by this massive army led by King Saul. And this army's chasing David. And David is in a very hopeless spot. We're going to pick up in chapter 23, verse 15. It says, while David was at Horesh in the land of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh and helped him to find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father, Saul, will not lay a hand on you. You shall be king over Israel and I shall be second to you. Even my father, Saul, knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horesh. David's in a rough spot. It says in verse 15, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. Now, if I if I had if I found out that one of my dental patients was so unhappy with the uh, the filling that I'd done on them that they were coming to kill me, I would feel a number of things. I might feel a bit miffed. I might feel like, gosh, I don't remember doing such a bad filling. I might feel like I think I feel quite scared, and I probably wouldn't know what to do. I probably wouldn't know where to go. And uh, I, I wonder if David would have felt some of those things. I, th I imagine he would have probably felt uh, almost all of them. And um, David's very blessed because he has a friend called Jonathan. Now, if David was Frodo in this story, Jonathan would be Sam. And Jonathan comes to David. And this is amazing verse in verse 16. And it says, Jonathan helped David find strength in God. He says, don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel. You know, Jonathan brings hope into David's life. You know, hope, hope, is, hope is one thing. Hoping, you know, hoping that the, the coronavirus pandemic is going to go away is one thing. Hoping for a vaccine for the coronavirus vaccine for the, for the coronavirus um, virus is one thing. But there's another thing altogether when you have hope in God. 
you know, we as people need friends in our lives who talk about hope in God. It's one thing when you're having a tough day at work for your spouse or one of your friends to say, well, you've had many good days at work. I'm sure tomorrow will be different. And in, in some ways, that's true. You know, we, uh, you know, we we often get focused on on the bad things. And generally, one bad day is substituted with 10, 10 good days. Generally, for every bad day, there's 10 good days. But all this positive thinking of just, yes, you, you've got hope because you're good at your job or, you know, you really are a good person, even though you did that one thing wrong. It's good, but it's incomplete because when we try and rely on ourselves and the fact that there's we have hope from our own abilities, we lack the fact, we, we neglect the fact that as people, we can't bring hope by ourselves. Now, Jonathan's different here because he brings hope to, to David, but he brings it by helping David to find strength in God. Let me ask you a question. Do you have friends who talk to you about having hope in God? You know, sometimes we can have friends, when we'll, you know, who, who just get, get down on us all the time. Maybe they're not even friends. I don't know if you're in a situation where you have, where you have people in your life who don't encourage you. Maybe you have friends who just try and say they're there whenever the situation is difficult and they don't actually give you a solution. We need friends who actually bring us hope because of God. Do you have friends in your life who talk to you about hope in God? Do you have friends who, when things seem hopeless, bring you back to God? That's not always the easiest thing to hear. Sometimes it can we can need to be shaken around the, the shoulders to, to bring us back to God. Sometimes it's a quiet whisper in our ear. But the key thing is we need friends who bring us back to God. Do you have friends who talk about hope in God? If you do, great. Make the most of those friends. If you don't, I encourage you, take some time to make some friends like that. Maybe this is your first time coming to an online virtual church service with us here in, uh, in Thames Valley. Maybe there's someone on this call who can be a friend who will help you, who will help you with your hope in God. I'm sure there'll be someone on this call who will be willing to talk to you about their hope in God. And maybe their hope in God will become your hope in God as well. You know, maybe, maybe in your life, you need more people who will talk to you about the hope, your hope in God. Maybe you, when you first became a Christian, you had many people who spoke to you about having hope in God. And maybe now you feel like I don't have quite as many of those people. I went through a situation like that when I was at university. I, uh, I, I came, obviously I was born, uh, I was born into my, my family. Um, I spent most of my Christian life before going to university, all of it in, uh, in Thames Valley. When I went to university in London, I didn't have as many friends who were my age. And, what, and, and uh, I remember talking to a friend of mine called Scott and a friend of mine, Scott, told me, uh, you should find some friends who are your age, who you can sort of talk about your, your hope in, in God. And one of my first one of my friends who I who I really made a point of uh, building my relationship with was a, was was someone called Fabian, Fabian Ying. Many of us know Fabian. And uh, he was someone who I began to talk to regularly just about faith. And, uh, you know, it was really something that gave me more hope and helped me move, move forward in my life. 
Maybe you're in a similar situation to me when I felt like I'd left a lot of my old friends back in Thames Valley when I moved to, to, to live in London for my university. Maybe it's different. Maybe you're first coming to church for the first time. Anyway, do you have friends who talk about hope in God? If you need more, make sure you get those friends. Make it a priority. Right, let's move on. Let's read our next chunk of this, this, little, this little passage. We're going to move on to verse 26. And um, so David's running away from Saul and we pick up and it says, Saul was going along one side of the mountain and David and his men were on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them, a messenger came to Saul saying, come quickly. The Philistines are raiding the land. Then Saul broke off his pursuit of David and went to meet the Philistines. That is why they call this place Selah Hamakaloth. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. You know, this is an incredible story. I think this this is one of my all time favorite Bible stories. Uh, David's on the run. He's massively out outnumbered. You can imagine he'd be tired. He'd be probably slowing down. He'd be trying to strain to keep going. And there's only this mountain between him and Saul. I imagine David's going around one side. And Saul's coming round behind him. He's going round the other side of the mountain to come and catch up with him. And David probably feels like the end is nigh. He feels like, um, you know, the bell is tolling for, my, for me and the time has come. Maybe my end is here. But because of David, because he has faith in God. And remember, that faith has come from that hope that Jonathan has instilled into David, or it's reminded David of that hope. Jonathan's reminded David of that hope that God will deliver him. God comes to David's rescue. And it's one of those situations where you read this passage. And if you, if you, did, and if you weren't familiar with the Bible, you might think, oh, that's a nice coincidence. Look at that. Wow. Saul's chasing David. And look. Those Philistines who are the enemy, they come and uh, they come and attack Saul. So Saul has to, you know, leave poor old David and go and go and go and defend his city, go and defend his land. But if you're a seasoned Bible reader, you'll know that this isn't just a coincidence. It doesn't just so happen that David would uh, would be rescued at just the right spot. By, by ironically by the Philistines it wouldn't wouldn't have it wouldn't just so happen that Saul when he was about to capture David had to go off and deal with other things we all know that in reality God is behind this have you had times where God's made things happen in just the right way I'm sure I'm sure I hope you have uh, I had a time like this recently where um my mum and dad live in a, a town called Yately and I spend quite a lot of time in Yately. I've been spending more time there because of everything with coronavirus. Everybody's been one of the one of the kind of the uh, I suppose the blessings through the hard time of coronavirus is we've been I think as people we've been valuing things that we, we maybe took for granted before uh, before the pandemic. And one of the things I've been uh, doing is making the most of my time with my family. So I've been spending time in their little town of Yately and I go out to pray uh, most mornings. and. Um, when I'm praying outside, I sort of, you know, walk around the town, walk past the, the Church of England church and uh, walk past the shops and all these sorts of things praying. And um, one day when I was praying, a lady walked past me and she said she, she recognized me. I didn't really recognize her. And uh, she said, oh, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm praying. And uh, she was like, oh, brilliant. 
fantastic. She, she she had faith, and she you know most people when they if, if they heard you were praying, they're a bit like, oh great, okay. But how, how's the weather? You know, the classic British thing. And, uh, you know, she was like, oh, you know, you're praying. And then we, we got into a bit of a conversation. And then this other guy walked up to us. And I, it's quite funny. I he, he wasn't dressed in the most sort of, uh, what would I say? He wasn't, he didn't look to me like the most well-turned-out person. And uh, he, 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 this lady said hello to him. She clearly knew him. And she introduced him to me. Now, this man turned out to be the mayor of the town, the mayor of Yately. And um, it was very interesting. So I heard this was the mayor of Yately and he seemed to have some sort of idea of faith as well. So I said to him, do you want to go for a prayer? And we went for a prayer and uh, he said, yeah. And uh, see, we went off for a prayer and I prayed and he prayed and, and I said, we should spend more time together. And he said, sure. So we got, we, we got, we got time. Uh, we, we spent time a, a couple of months ago and then he got to know my dad as well. Me and my dad go along to this sort of, in our attempts to sort of reach out to, to the community of Yately, we go to this uh, pub meetup every once a month in the in, in the pub called the Dog and Partridge. And um, we, we went there this week and it just so happened that the rest, of the, 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 there's normally quite a few people who go, who go to this meeting, but it just so happened that the only people at this meeting this week were myself, my dad and the mayor of Yately called, and his name's Jerry. It was only the three of us. It just so happened that there were the three of us. And we were having this conversation. And I've chatted to Jerry about faith and my dreams to, to make great things happen in this town of Yately. And it just so happened that as we were having this conversation, Jerry, uh, Jerry it just so happens, by the way, Jerry's Jerry's has a very similar relationship with his dad as my dad, my dad does with his dad. And uh, they're both they're both from an army background. It just so happens that their dads are born at the same time of, of uh, you know, in the same time. It just so happened that they both were in the same part of the they were both in the engineers in, in the army. It just so happens. I mean, you know, this is just God. But um, and it just so happened that, that on that night where me, uh, Jerry and my dad were talking, Jerry says to us, now, I I've been thinking, I really want you and your dad to lead a church in Yately. I really want you to run a church in the, uh, there's a place uh, in Yately called the Tithings. And it just so happens the Tithings just so happens to be opposite my mum and dad's house. Just so happens. God has a plan to build uh, the kingdom of, of heaven in even a little town like Yately. That was a time recently where I'd seen God work in a way where it clearly has to be God. We have to have faith that when these sort of coincidences happen, it really is God trying to do something and we need to be ready to respond. And that's the situation David is in. David's in a situation where it just so happens that God comes to his rescue and God sends the Philistines and David is saved. What an amazing reason to have hope. If you've got God on your side, if you've got God who is working and is the God of not just uh, not just happenings, but the perfect in engineering ways and the engineering uh, coincidences in the perfect way to your benefit and to obviously to everybody's benefit. That's the kind of God I want to know. And that's an amazing hope to have in your life, to have that God working in your life. Now, the thing about hope is, though, this is a bit of a bombshell. Hope is really is only really hope if it has an effect. Hope is only really hope if it has an impact. Let me just let that settle for a moment. Hope's only really hope if it has an effect. 
Does your hope in your life have an effect on your life? Now, it's interesting. When we think back to Frodo and Sam, Sam had hope. Sam, uh, Sam was in a situation where uh, he believed that there was something worth fighting for. He says at the end of his speech, it's worth fighting for. There's something worth fighting for. When Frodo says, oh, what are we fighting? You know, what, what, what are we... What are we uh, what are we holding on to? Sam says there's some good in the world and it's worth fighting for. And then we see the effect that Sam's had Sam's Sam's hope has on him. He picks Frodo up and says it's worth fighting for. And he says to he says to Frodo, it's worth keeping going. And Frodo and Sam keep going. Their hope, Sam's hope has an effect on Frodo and that effect is transferred. And that has an effect on Frodo's life. Both him and Sam keep going. With David and Jonathan again, Jonathan's hope that God was going to deliver David was transferred to David. And we read David keeps going. It's funny when you're reading that passage in verse 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 uh, verse 26, you can see David has not given up. It says he's hurrying away from Saul. So he hasn't given up. He hasn't stayed in, in Horesh and and just felt like, oh, it's hopeless. And, you know, I'm going to I'm just going to let Saul come and kill me. David hasn't given up hope. The hope that's been transferred from Sam to David has had an effect. I had another situation um, this week in uh, in my dental practice. Uh, I, 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 as many of you know, I'm a dentist, and um, I was treating this lady called Elizabeth. And um, Elizabeth's a very dear lady. She's she's uh, sort of middle aged, and uh, she's she's got a history of smoking uh, in her life. And uh, she came. I, I work. I work on the first floor of, of of the of the building. And she walked up the stairs. And because of her sort of history of smoking, she finds it quite hard with her breathing. So she got up to the the top and she sat in the dental chair. And she didn't look very well. She sat there and sort of closed her eyes and sort of breathed heavily, like. And then she just lay back in the chair. And I thought to myself, Oh my goodness, she died. It was almost like you know she she lay back, and I thought. Oh my gosh, is she, she okay? And I sort of was like, are you okay? And she was like, yeah. And I've really felt for Elizabeth. I really felt like she was in a real tough spot. You know, I don't know, you know, how, you know, with, with, with all these sorts of things. She said she had some tests that were going on at the, the hospital and uh, or, or with the, with the doctor. And I felt like, oh my goodness, you've got someone who's been, had a history of smoking. She clearly isn't very well. How much longer has she got? And I thought to myself, well, what can I do? What can I do for Elizabeth? I know I have a hope in my life. You know, Frodo, Sam had a hope that he transferred to Frodo. Jonathan had a hope that he transferred to, to David. I have a hope in God. Maybe I can try and transfer that to Elizabeth. And I said to Elizabeth, I actually invited her to come to church today, but she said she couldn't, she didn't, she didn't have Zoom or she couldn't work Zoom. So I said to Elizabeth, would you like me to pray for you? And she said, yes, she clearly had some form of faith. And um, we prayed together with her sitting in the dental chair. And I prayed for Elizabeth and I prayed and I prayed and said, God, you know, I pray that you can help Elizabeth to get to know you. And uh, you know, I said to Elizabeth, well, if you, uh, you might not be able to work Zoom, but if you pray and you read your Bible, you have hope. It was wonderful to be able to give Elizabeth hope. And she was so grateful. She was like, she just said, oh, I'm so glad you did that. I've, she, you could clearly see her eyes lit up and she was like, I feel so, she clearly was so grateful. Something that I had done had had an impact on her life. I've been able to transfer hope 
to her in the same way that Jonathan had been able to transfer David, uh, had been able to transfer, transfer hope to David. Again, the hope in my life had an impact. It had an impact on someone who was around me. Does hope in your life have an impact? What will be the effect of God's hope on your life? You know, if all of us have hope in our life, hope that's driven by God, it will have an effect. It will have an impact. What will be that effect of God's hope on your life? Now, that's kind of a rhetorical question. That probably needs some reflection this week. You know, what will be the effect of God's hope on your life? I'm sure if you're here today, you want your hope in God to be a real hope. You want you want your hope in God to count for something. Let me ask you this week, what will be the effect of God's hope in your life? It must have an effect. What will it be? What will it be? In many ways, it's down to it's between us and God to decide. God has great plans. And we, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure you, you're here because you want to see the impact God's hope can have on your life. What will be the effect of God's hope? on your life that's something to think about this week as we finish we'll go back to the sort the ultimate source of hope jesus christ let me read this verse for you as we come to take communion we're going to take communion in, in a moment we're going to be taking uh bread and wine which are emblems of jesus christ's uh body and blood his body was uh, pierced when he went to the cross and his blood was shed when he went to the cross first peter 1 verse 13 says Therefore, with minds that are that, that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Now, a lot of, a lot said there about Jesus and uh, Peter, who's one of Jesus's friends, um, talks about the need for our minds to be alert and focused. We need to be sober. We need to have a, a sober, a sober estimation of reality. And because of our hope, because of because of um, that soberness, we will be able to set our hope on Jesus and specifically the grace of Jesus. All of us need grace in our lives, whether you're, a, a, you know, a supposedly have lived quite a good life or a terrible life. You need grace because in reality, all of us have done things wrong in God's eyes all of us have made mistakes all of us have fallen short of the standard of perfection and one day jesus christ is going to come back jesus came as a man he died on the cross he went up to heaven and one day he's going to come back and there's going to be a judgment there's going to be a judgment where all of our good deeds and all of our bad deeds are going to be totted up and sadly for all of us as people the bad deeds are going to outweigh the good deeds because as many good good deeds as we've done, we can't erase the bad ones. But there's a hope. And this passage brings us hope. It says, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. There's a hope in this word called grace. There's this word, word called grace that means all of the things that we've done wrong can be wiped away. Grace means Think times we've made mistakes, things we've said to people we know we shouldn't have said, things we've taken that we know weren't ours. All those things we've done can be wiped away and they're wiped away by the fact that Jesus Christ has grace for us. We're going to remember that now. We're going to take the bread and the wine and we're going to remember that hope 
is real. And with Jesus Christ, who wants to be your friend, you can have that hope as well. Do you have a friend called Hope? I can introduce you to him. His name is Jesus. He can be your hope and he wants to be your friend too. Let's pray before we take the bread and the wine. Lord God, uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for him being such an amazing uh, standard bearer, God, for uh, for hope, for grace, for for there being life beyond the grave, Father, for there being forgiveness for the unforgivable, Father. Thank you. That is what he is, Lord God. I pray that Jesus touches our hearts today. I pray as we take the bread and the wine, we remember Jesus's death. Lord. And we don't just remember his death. We remember his resurrection. The fact that his resurrection uh, purchases for us an opportunity to have life after we ultimately die, Father. Thank you for him. Thank you for you, Father, bringing hope into our lives. We know in this, in this, at this point in our lives, we need so much hope. Our world is, 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 is hurting, Father. Please bring our world hope. Please bring our leaders hope, Father. Our, our leaders in, in, in this world, you know, we, we think about our prime minister and we think about... Um, leaders all over the world, please bring them hope. Please bring the little people in, in the world who don't, who aren't the big presidents and the big, you know, the, 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 the prime ministers, people just like us, Father, bring, bring, bring us hope, bring hope to those who in the third world who are, who are, who are, who are dying because of COVID, God, please bring them hope. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he brings hope regardless of where we are, uh, what, what, what status we are, Father. And, uh, we, we love you and we, we say thank you for this hope in Jesus name. Amen.